MSW Media. News with swearing. Daily beans, daily beans. Daily beans, daily beans. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Tuesday, February 11th, 2020. Today, prosecutors seek another delay in the Flynn case, election disinformation, a Pentagon update about traumatic brain injury, Trump's budget includes cuts to entitlements, Bill Barr acknowledges Giuliani has been giving him information on the Bidens, a new Quinnipiac poll for Democrats, and a bunch of good news. I'm your host, A.G., and with me today are Jordan Coburn Hello. and Amanda Reeder. Hello. Full panel today. Mm-hmm. Yep. How's everyone? Great. Good. I'm enjoying this swanky new studio setup. Yeah, we have headphones now. We can hear ourselves. <laughs> we haven't been able to this whole time. Yes. So you know. Can you hear all my own mouth noises? Yep. So uh, now we can adjust and, you know, so now it's going to be, by the way, if there's any issues, if you have any weird sound issues now, we've got sort of everything set up. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no real room for improvement. Uh, I mean, there's room for improvement, but there's <laughs> nothing else we can upgrade. So mm-hmm. uh, if you hear anything weird, like if you don't like the... Um, the EQ that we have on the microphones or if something's odd, just, you know, let us know. Hit us up. Hello at Muller She Wrote. And mm-hmm. we'll see what we can do about it. I know there's a lot. We have a lot of super... Audio um, files. Yeah, audio, like really amazing audio files who listen to us and, and have all sorts of great suggestions. So now's the time to send them in because now we got the headphones so we can hear it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um all right, we have a lot of news to get to today. Tons of news. Uh, it doesn't stop. I, I say that every time. I should. I could probably just go ahead and not say that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, just like I used to introduce myself as uh, I'm your anonymous host, AG. Mm-hmm. Y'all know me now. I'm still just AG, but. And uh, corrections being your favorite segment, your new favorite segment. <laughs> yeah, now it's just, yeah. We, I think we dropped that. Now it's just time for corrections. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's all ongoing. Yeah, it is. Uh, and But there are times, though, remember, like every time we go through a show, somebody's like, hey, explain beans to me. Or, hey, I don't know what you mean by this. Or where'd you get that one clip? And if we said it everything every show, that would take up the whole show. And mm-hmm. then maybe we, we need like a glossary on the website. Yeah, there is an FAQ, <laughs> and some of the some of the uh, questions are, are answered in there, but uh, not all of them. Maybe we'll take a look at that and update it, put it on our list. Because right now, right now our focus is to get the video in here up and running, so mm-hmm. that patrons can watch us. You know, if you want mm-hmm. some glorious space buns and onesie actioning. Yep, happening right now. <laughs> space buns, space your your little space bun pigtails, kind of. Okay, what makes them space? Well, xenon girl of the twenty first century. <laughs> 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 or like space beans, but just with buns. I don't know why. Yes. I, I, space bean buns. Space bean buns. <laughs> I don't know. That's just what people have been calling the little side bun ponies lately. Oh, really? Yeah, space buns. Oh, awesome. Okay. Yeah. Didn't know that. Yeah. I learned something today. <laughs> Corrections. <laughs> space buns. I really it's hope like, people don't make a lot of fashion comments once we, once we get video <laughs> in here. They're so going to. <laughs> yeah, just judging. We're in San Diego, us. people. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, it's a different vibe. You wearing your third love bra? Mm-hmm. Did you sleep on your helix <laughs> last night? <laughs> totally wearing my beta brand dress pant yoga pants every day. I hope they can take me seriously with all the tie-dye shirts I wear. Uh, hey. And nature landscape shirts. <laughs> <laughs> your wolf shirt collection is the envy of the world. <laughs> I, was, I, I think I got you. you no, did. it wasn't a wolf, but it no, was like it was a, a beautiful like deer. Like a buck in the moonlight. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It was beautiful. I went to a I really um, cheesy gift shop in Big Bear over the weekend and it was all just like extremely tacky <laughs> nature tchotchkes <laughs> and like wolves howling at a full moon. And I almost, I almost bought this for you, but I couldn't justify the cost. I wanted to get you a wolf howling at the moon clock. Oh room. my god! I wish I would have. I regret not getting it for no, you. No, that's so nice of you to even think about it. <laughs> yes, I would go there next time I go up there and I have pay a for gift it myself for you. I didn't get you this one thing <laughs> that you would really want. Such an asshole. <laughs> it's okay. AJ got his headphones, this. so I didn't get it for you. I'm a bad friend. You're not a bad friend at all. Get a gift card at the Big Bear. Yeah. Now I will <laughs> search for it when I go up there, yeah. and then I will probably buy half of the store. It was very your vibe. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> I also I felt it. like the owner was very much a Trump supporter. Oh no. Which is not so much your vibe, uh, but the tchotchkes were great. That's the weird intersection between the nature and tie dye life, and then. <laughs> Trump supporters. <laughs> yeah. Like when we go to mountain towns. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. We're like, this is so rad. I love the snow. I love the wolves howling mm-hmm. at the moon, the bucks and the moonlight. But there's Trump supporters. Yes. Indeed. Not uh, all of them. No. But 
kind of a lot of there's a cross-section of trump supporters and like stoner hippie guys in big bear yeah you know totally yeah yeah like my friends had to call a locksmith to deal with some lost keys and the guy showed up and they were like out of like a pineapple express movie (laughs) they were like hey guys y'all need some help with your locked car that's so funny we got you (laughs) they have little trump keys Mm. (laughs) well they're everywhere yeah (laughs) they don't open anything but lies okay uh let's get to the news uh with uh what hot notes indeed all right here's some hot notes hot notes So the big news for me today that seemed to get glossed over is that Chuck Schumer, Senate Majority, Senate Minority Leader, excuse me, Democrat, is asking every agency's inspector general to investigate retaliation against whistleblowers who report presidential misconduct in the wake of Trump firing Lieutenant Colonel Vindman, his brother and Ambassador Gordon Sunland. So Schumer sent letters to 74 inspectors general. And in one example, in his letter to the acting uh, Department of Defense Inspector General, Glenn Fine, Schumer said the National Security Council filings, excuse me, firings are, quote, part of a dangerous growing pattern of retaliation against those who report wrongdoing only to find themselves targeted by the president and subject to his wrath and vindictiveness. Um, I had a really great interview with the former secretary of the Department of Veterans Affairs about this Mm -hmm. because he is the one who put together the department for the whistleblowers mm. at, at the VA. And while I can't tell you too much about why I know all about that or how I am familiar with Trump's vindictiveness when it comes to whistleblowers, um, let uh, allow me to just say mm. it is very real, um, but, uh, but it happens at all levels of the government too, not just those like in the National Security Council who... Yeah. Um, you know, who are blowing the whistle on specifically things that Trump is doing. The sentiment is leaked down to all levels. Yeah, shit rolls downhill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, there's super huge Trump sympathizers at every level of government right now. Yeah, there are. And then, of course, uh, what um, Secretary Shulkin was saying about the Department of Veterans Affairs is, uh, and the Inspector General for the VA put out a report um, when I interviewed him at the very end of last year, that that inspector general just finished a report on their whistleblower office saying they found a lot of, of retaliation against um, whistleblowers. Mm-hmm. They were either ignored or fired or relocated uh, or, you know, their jobs moved across country mm-hmm. uh, or, you know, something like that. And it, and it was pervasive. Mm-hmm. And so it's not just happening at the very tippy top either. It's like you said, it's trickled down mm-hmm. into... Uh, into the front line mm-hmm. as well. Uh, and in addition to asking this uh, fine guy to investigate all acts of retaliation against whistleblowers, Schumer asked when the last time personnel were informed of whistleblower rights. Uh, I know the answer to that. It's annually in web-based training certification programs. Um, Department of Defense has one. Uh, I mean, everyone has one of these um, online learning systems and you have to go in log in annually and take your training and you have to be certified and you have to do it on time and it happens at a specific time of year for and it changes for each individual that time when you have to when it's due and it's based on when you were hired Mm -hmm. and uh so that uh, so it does happen but i think likely what schumer meant was he wants the reports of the number of personnel that did not take the training as required uh, those reports are very easy to generate mm-hmm. through multiple different tracking systems right. through those online. Yeah, uh, did they complete a thing or not? Web-based training, exactly. He also asked Fine to write a letter to Congress assuring that the Pentagon's general counsel would not allow for retaliation. But that's weak sauce because the Secretary of Defense himself wrote a letter to Congress assuring no one would be retaliated against um, in this case. And here we are. So, mm-hmm. sure, write a letter. Yep. Schumer also wrote, I mean, but what else can you do? Uh, Schumer also wrote in his letter, quote, without the courage of whistleblowers and the role of inspectors general, the American people may may never have known how the president abused his power in the Ukraine scandal. It's incumbent upon you that whistleblowers are protected for doing what we hope and expect those who serve our country will do when called. Tell the truth. Nice. And this is a. Huge because, you know, as we've said in, in over the weekend episodes, it's not so much about what, you know, is it against the law and can Trump be punished for this? It's 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 more of a chilling effect on future whistleblow- whistleblowers, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's very scary and very dangerous. Yeah, that nobody's going to want to come out and 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 blow the whistle, and get ready for another Flynn delay. 
Federal prosecutors have made a new filing this Sunday, rare Sunday filing, in the Michael Flynn case. Uh, We knew his sentencing was coming up at the end of February, and it's been delayed several times because Flynn changed lawyers and then became a co-conspirator instead of a cooperating witness. Then he wants to withdraw his guilty plea, so his sentence kept getting pushed back and pushed back. The first time it was pushed back is because the judge recommended it be pushed back because he was going to sentence the shit out of him if he didn't cooperate more. So this new filing indicates the prosecutors want more time to use Flynn's own lawyers against him to oppose his attempts to get out of his guilty plea for lying to the FBI back in 2017. According to Caitlin Polance of CNN, quote, the court filing from prosecutor Sunday could bring a new and consequential twist in the Flynn case, aligning the Justice Department and a major force uh, in D.C.'s legal establishment against Trump's first national security advisor. That major force are his previous lawyers from Mm. Covington, Burling. Mm. Um, The big news here is that the prosecutors seem to hint that they might charge Flynn with perjury or take uh, take him to trial if Sullivan allows him to withdraw his guilty plea. So today, Sullivan canceled Flynn's February 27th sentencing to allow at least two more weeks for both parties to file arguments and for Flynn's new lawyer and the Department of Justice to negotiate over the use of Flynn's former lawyers in future court proceedings. Hmm. Uh, That's so interesting. It's really interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. Flynn has claimed his, that's why I put him on my fantasy indictment league this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Flynn has claimed his former attorney screwed him over and forced him into taking a plea deal and made him lie. And that he's actually innocent of lying to the FBI about speaking to the Russians and about speaking to Kislyak, which is dumb because we have transcripts of the calls. We haven't seen those transcripts, but we know they exist. And in the Sunday filing, prosecutors asked Sullivan to give Flynn's former lawyers from Covington and Burling permission to argue against Flynn's claims and waive attorney-client privilege Mm. if Sullivan agrees. Uh, The lawyers could be called to testify against Flynn in future proceedings. Wow. Basically giving the lawyers like, hey, Flynn here is saying you guys are a bunch of assholes who tricked him into lying Mm -hmm. about lying. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, you want to stand up for yourself? Just right. wave, wave attorney-client privilege, privileges, and we might be calling you in future court proceedings. Yeah. How else would they get down to the bottom of that, really, right, mm-hmm. if he's mm-hmm. trying to make that accusation? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. earlier, Covington and Burling were like, we don't want to be part of this. Mm-hmm. But now that Flynn is making these open yeah, accusations. Yeah, dragging them into it. Yeah, they're, they're like, well, if Sullivan actually allows him to withdraw his guilty mm-hmm. plea, which I'm kind of hoping he does. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, go ahead, mm-hmm. motherfucker. <laughs> make my day uh then these lawyers could might come in and say uh, he is the drug pusher not me no they might come in and you know and and testify in front of the judge and everyone publicly because that's what they're asking for Mm. that this is not the case that flynn lied to the fbi they have the 302s they have the you know the sealed Mm. uh, conversations with kislyak so Mm -hmm. do you think that this is because Trump is feeling more emboldened and he thinks that he if he thinks that by withdrawing his plea deal and his guilty plea, Trump will just pardon him now. 100 percent. Yeah. Yeah. You know? But if he doesn't withdraw his guilty plea and sentences right. him, he gets zero to six months. Mm-hmm. If he does withdraw his guilty plea, they charge him with perjury and mm-hmm. perhaps not filing for Farah, right. which they did not mention in this filing or other things. He could get more jail, mm-hmm. more prison time. Uh, in which case, you know, you, six or one half dozen the other, you pardon a zero to six month sentence, mm-hmm. you, paro, you, you pardon a three year sentence. But if he doesn't pardon him, mm-hmm. he's got a longer sentence. So he's gambling with the hope of a pardon, but really could end up in prison for longer. Yep. Yeah. Nice. Yep. Which means he seems pretty sure that yeah. he's going to get a pardon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But let's ask uh, Cohen how, how that turned <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah, how's that pardon going for you, Cohen? <laughs> <laughs> but Cohen didn't turn back, you know, around right. and withdraw his guilty plea or anything. Yeah. So uh, if Sullivan allows Flynn to withdraw his plea, we could see trial. We could see additional charges. If not, like I said, he'd likely sentence him for the original crime, which carries a zero to six month Mm. sentence from sentencing guidelines. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's what's going on with Flynn. Neat. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. Really interesting. I kind of would like to see that go to trial. Yeah. I I kind of am rooting for Sullivan to be like, okay, you want to withdraw your guilty plea? Mm -hmm. I'm going to roll the dice. Mm -hmm. Good luck. Mm -hmm. I'm still your judge. (laughs) Yeah. Enjoy your time, you know. Have fun. Yeah. By the way, gag order. You think so? I would put one on him and Sidney Powell. Yeah, definitely Sidney Powell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that'll be very interesting to keep up with. See yep. what happens. All right. Well, everybody, if you want these episodes ad free, just head to patreon.com slash the daily beans. All your wildest dreams will come true. We'll be right back with Trump's twenty twenty one budget, and you'll never guess what he's gutting. So stay with us. 
After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey everybody, it's AG, and today's episode of The Daily Beans is brought to you by Embark. Whether you have a new pup or an old friend, an Embark breed and health test is the key to unlocking your dog's unique breed mix and genetically informed health needs, so you can help your pup live their healthiest, happiest life. From breed traits to genetic risk factors for health conditions, Embark provides the resources to help you and your vet best tailor care to your dog's specific needs. Over 50% of dogs are either at risk or a carrier of a genetic disease, and the Embark breed and health DNA test screens for any potential health conditions, so you have all the information necessary to provide your dog their best life. Whether your pet is a mixed breed or purebred, they're not immune to certain diseases and health issues. But the sooner you know, the sooner you can find help or reduce pain. And since your pets can't speak to you about ailments or symptoms, you can have a leg up when it comes to knowing about their health with the help of Embark. I love how easy Embark makes the process. I sent in one simple cheek swab and they did the rest. Embark is the only dog DNA test that performs research-grade DNA testing, and this allows veterinarian research teams to conduct groundbreaking research to extend the lives of all dogs. Every Embark dog brings us closer to the goal of ending preventable diseases in dogs. Embark has an exclusive offer you can't get anywhere else. Go to EmbarkVet.com now and use promo code DAILYBEANS to save 15% off your dog DNA test kit. Visit EmbarkVet.com and use promo code DAILYBEANS to save. All right, everybody, welcome back. It is time for Jordan's block of news. Yay. What do you got? I got The Atlantic. Um, they have <laughs> <laughs> they have a really, really good piece that's out right now, and it's it's pretty much... It's a lengthier piece, so you would maybe want to set aside a couple more minutes in a regular article to finish it, but I highly recommend reading it. And it goes over how exactly social media is being weaponized to reelect Trump. Uh, And it also provides a lot of really good background information on sort of what got us to this point in terms of this political cyber warfare. And I just found it to be really illuminating. And like I said, it's a longer piece. So I'll just go over some of the highlights. Uh, They outline what they observed, the, the author. So what they did they made a fake facebook account and they liked donald trump's page and then they liked from there every single page that got suggested to them and it was things like ann coulter fox news and then it got more and more conservative and way to the right and they just kept pressing like essentially as like a thought experiment you know sounds like like a disease yeah (laughs) Uh, but they did this as an experiment to sort of see what corners of the internet it would take them to and This is a really powerful quote. They say, uh, what I was seeing was a strategy that has been deployed by illiberal political leaders around the world. Rather than shutting down dissenting voices, these leaders have learned to harness the democratizing power of social media for their own purposes, jamming the signals, sowing confusion. They no longer need to silence the dissident shouting in the streets. They can use a megaphone to drown him out. Scholars have a name for this, censorship through noise. I thought that uh. was right. It's really creepy, and they explained it so well there. That's and terrifying. It's really terrifying, and and by going down this path of this Trump Facebook profile that they made, they can see exactly how it happens and how these different accounts just start throwing in chaos and shit constantly to the point where they remark, "I'm obviously you know a pretty strongly vetting person when it comes to media sources, but even I found myself." questioning what's real when you get so many different things thrown at you. Mm -hmm. Wow. That reminds me of that scene in Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, when the blue guy is like, (laughs) like every time he tried to talk, he's just like, yeah, exactly. It just drowns it out by adding complete nonsense. And yeah, it's really hard to sift through all that stuff when you're maybe already leaning towards Republican ideas or something. and then Yeah, or if the ideas are specifically designed to cause you yes. personally mm-hmm. rage or sadness Stress. or happiness yes. or something that you're really passionate about, mm-hmm. like pro-choice mm-hmm. or anti-gun or Black, Life, Black Lives Matter or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. That, it is specifically designed for you to like poke mm-hmm. right at you. Mm-hmm. Yep exactly what you're talking about is called uh, micro-targeting. And that's something that the Trump campaign plans to spend a lot of their money on Mm -hmm. this year and what they spent doing last year as well, or last election as well. Uh, Except this year they're planning to drop more than a billion dollars on disinformation campaigns just like this. Mm -hmm. And it's really, really scary. (laughs) That's a lot of of money to go into that. Um, but micro-targeting is probably going to be one of their major focuses. Uh, this is kind of, this is described as the process of slicing up the electorate into distinct niches and then appealing to them with precisely tailored digital messages. So exactly what you were just saying. 
Um, Apparently, this article says Obama and Clinton used the same tactic, but obviously Trump takes it to an entirely new fear-mongering, just blatant lies level. It's a whole new targeted voter suppression. Well, especially when you have giant factories of people Mm -hmm. in Russia and uh, Iran, probably, Mm -hmm. or or Iraq or China Mm -hmm. or North Korea that Mm -hmm. are helping you out. Yeah. Pumping complete conspiracy theories. Like Obama and Clinton maybe used, definitely used micro-targeting to the se- to the degree where you could, you know, pretty much easily just explain it away as that being advanced campaign tactics. Right. Like, hey, do you care about health care? I've got a health care message for you. Yeah. I'm micro-targeting you because you have health concerns or a yeah. family. It's or strategy. I, yeah, like versus complete sowing of chaos. Yeah. I mean, it's not just Obama and Clinton. Every mm-hmm. politician, every political party uses micro-targeting. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've I've done work for political campaigns where I've done micro-targeting. Pretty, you know, I understand how that works. Mm-hmm. And you think it's only going to be used to, like, educate and to amplify and to reach people on specific issues. That's what it was designed for. Mm-hmm. But yeah. they weren't expecting someone like him to come in and exploit this yeah. tool well, in the way we that he expect has. these tools to be used for good right, right. for example right. ad targeting okay mm-hmm. like if i'm right. walking around and i'm near my starbucks or mm-hmm. if i'm near or not my starbucks i own a starbucks <laughs> if i'm my near starbucks. a starbucks <clears throat> if i'm near starbucks or cvs or something a little ad pops up and says hey uh the the perfume that you like is on sale over here mm-hmm. okay that's like for a good cause right mm-hmm. like but now they can listen to me and record all of my conversations and then use this f- sort of information for this exact kind of psychographic um micro very, very mm-hmm. personalized data yes. breaches yes gross. Mm-hmm. yes very gross and we all know the company that really pioneered this cambridge analytica mm-hmm. and they worked for trump a lot Yep. Huge contract with him. Brad, Brad Parscale. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the craziest things they did, as you all remember, is the Facebook survey. That's where a lot of this shit started, where they took a they took a huge sample size of people, but again, very specific people. And they asked them questions that were, number one, meant to get a full psychological profile of these people, but also to stir up whatever sort of, you know, extremish views they they already had for example i didn't know this but i guess one of the questions they would ask is they would say would you approve of your daughter marrying a mexican immigrant those who said yes were then asked a follow-up question designed to sort of stir shit up and the question was did you feel like you had to say that so then they try to like go after political correctness and they see like who sort of what kind of a person you know is going to answer are you easily pressured into political correctness right that or like are you bothered you know by political correctness but genuinely not like immigration issues i don't i don't know it's just yeah whatever sick just the fact that the quiz alone is enough to incite bigotry is like really disgusting um but it's going to continue just because cambridge analytica dissolved it doesn't mean that it's not happening anymore mm-hmm. or other companies aren't already doing it and that the tools aren't more advanced or sophisticated exactly yeah no and cambridge analytica is now called emmer data mm-hmm. yep and already republicans have gathered so many data points on the electorate that's also really scary they have this kind of you know, just talking about all campaigns sort of doing that micro-targeting tactic, the Republicans have so much more information right now on everybody to start with because of all their really sketchy things that we're able to do because the regulations don't exist yet, basically. And then you think of all those private dinners and lunches with Zuckerberg and Trump. Mm-hmm. and Right, and then there could definitely be more nefarious things. And that there play. is a Trump person who's on the board of directors at Facebook and mm-hmm. all those fun stories mm-hmm. and that Facebook refuses or they, they're like we allow lies we don't police that um, so it's all very very scary it's very yeah. scary yeah and, sorry go ahead Jordan. No, yeah I, well I was just gonna say another thing that they're spending their money on is they're investing in this texting platform where you can send anonymous mass text to just huge groups of people without their permission and that's one of the tools mm-hmm. that they're gonna start utilizing as wild sounds so just that's where they're spending their money, really, is sketchy communication tactics. And they're making a lot of money, too. Uh, Trump yeah. pulled in $25 million in one day this past oh, month. Um, we talked about mm-hmm. um, the America First Pack and the America One Pack Victory Fund, and they have, they've made $50 million um, mm-hmm. so far this year. They're paying out Brad Parscale's privately owned firms mm-hmm. um, for 
online media information or ad- advising and mm-hmm, it's yep. just uh but you know totally separate from the campaign even though he's the chair yeah really scary yeah i don't want to I, I i i'm sure there's it's, it exists to some extent already somewhere but i'm wondering what education campaigns are out there to help people with perhaps perhaps a less tech literate vernacular or less knowledge of what's going on mm-hmm. you know so essentially like helping boomers sort reality from fact yeah. on social media i remember um a couple years ago i don't know maybe four or five years ago i did do a workshop um educating uh senior citizens on how to use social media to to for the things that they wanted like mm-hmm. to research topics that they like or to to keep up with local services or whatever I, I did like a pro bono workshop for this nonprofit. that's cool but i'm wondering if like there are education projects out there to help this disinformation campaign and teach people how to sort fact from reality yeah that's well, a we great should idea we should reach out to amy carrero who we've had in the show who put together impeachment 101 mm-hmm. maybe we could do a disinformation 101 yeah that's cool kind of like trying to extract some sort of like hope and do something about this feeling just some little breakdown of what all this means and i do want to acknowledge um though i mean you said you know basically to help boomers um recognize this kind of language i also just want to acknowledge that there are people of all ages oh absolutely um because it can be if you're rural Mm -hmm. versus Mm -hmm. urban or if you just don't have the education level that some other folks have i don't Mm -hmm. think it's secluded just to boomers you're totally right um and so i just wanted to uh, make sure that Mm -hmm. uh I address that real quick, but it, it's it's widespread and it's scary Absolutely. and it's Absolutely. really scary. And I really love your idea, yeah, Amanda, about putting together some sort of little education package. I'm going to call yeah. Amy. Like, when you're seeing something on social media, how do you how can you confirm the the sources that it comes from? How do you how 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 do you sort of fact from reality when you're looking at social media? Mm-hmm. You know, there, I, I wish that there was some like more shareable resources that I could like give to my grandma. I think I have seen some stuff floating around on Twitter before. Mm -hmm. I'll have to go back and look at it, but nothing that's like a nice packaged story. Yeah. Like like an Instagram Instagram. story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or like a, like yeah, a, because like I would say or a YouTube right. video. Yeah, exactly. right. I would say something that's easy to watch. Link to. Yeah, I would say like watch the what was it? The Great Hack. The Great Hack on Netflix. Is that what it's called? The Great Hack or the Big Hack? I can't I remember. The, the Great Hack. I think it was whatever. It's about Brittany Kaiser and it's about Cambridge yeah. Analytica and Brittany Kaiser Netflix. The Great Hack. Yes, The yeah. Great Hack. Okay, yes. Um, the Big Hack. That's just Ellen DeGeneres. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I was so quickly trying to write, like, like rake my brain. I was like, what well, can I say? Okay, who that people will agree with? Who's that one guy who steals everything? Carlos Mencia, <laughs> The oh, Great Hack. Duh. There, that would have been way a better than Ellen DeGeneres. Fruit. Now I can retract that statement because I fucking love Ellen DeGeneres and she's honestly <laughs> probably the reason I do stand up comedy. She's just very yeah. commercial so i she understand is very commercial. she's an establishment comic and i won't stand for it <laughs> yes no she's the best here now that special that hbo special one of my favorites of all time truly mm-hmm. had that memorized front to back as a child does that one have the pickle claw in it yes it's oh so good i'm so and the needing know. scissors to get into scissors <laughs> yeah and yeah. Yeah, yeah i love the pickle claw the pickle and claw. the oh she the same as the no, toilet. she's running yes yeah, also yeah. i will that's, say that's, this that's not care <laughs> <laughs> Ellen did do, I mean, I think a lot of like younger queer people now are like, Ellen's not radical enough, but she was mm-hmm. in a very, very gay movie oh, God. in the early 2000s. She was the most it, radical person yes. in um, real She life. lost work and so yes, did, I by the way, uh, Laura Dern, who mm-hmm. won an Oscar God, last she's night so amazing. Mm-hmm. for being the love interest mm-hmm. on the uh, Ellen's coming out episode. They mm-hmm. lost work for a long time, a decade at least. Yeah. And I know that, it, you know, Maybe she doesn't seem as progressive or whatever, but a lot of shit wouldn't be possible without, oh, absolutely. <laughs> without what she did. Yes. Just before we move on, I wanted to clarify one thing. I think what I should have said rather than boomers, you know, not being tech literate, is basically just saying creating content for people who aren't as tech or political literate. Because mm-hmm. yeah, I'm one of those people. It. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm politically literate. Yeah. But tech literate. I put, a, I put a picture of a camera online today <laughs> asking friends for help <laughs> i took a photo of a camera with my phone and put it on the facebook and said help <laughs> so that's yeah. why i said like maybe Absolutely. youtube because instagram stories okay i think i could probably figure it out <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah but it's just not my cup of tea and right, i'm not right. a boomer by any means so mm-hmm. Uh, I just sort of want, I like, I wanted to just, yeah. So, so thanks for that clarification. Yeah, no worries. Yes. I will stop using boomer as a blanket statement <laughs> for people who aren't as tech literate. It's um, hard. It's it's hard. I understand. Plus, you can man, just use Republicans. And some stuff. boomers are way <laughs> yeah, more tech Trump literate than I am. You know what I mean? Who the fuck am I to talk? There's a lot of boomers who know way b- more comp- 
computers than I do. Yeah, so. I can't do an Instagram story for shit, honestly. Like, I can do a very basic version of it, but I, I can't go C++. Crazy plus, these kids right? Yeah. There's some boomers who can do that shit. Hell yeah. yeah. All right. I don't know. Cool. I can't think of any time you would need to do that anymore, but. <laughs> um, and, I, and I literally don't know what I'm talking about. Okay. So. So, Perfect time to yes. switch it up. Moving All right. On. And now, <laughs> let's talk about, speaking of boomers, because this will affect you mm-hmm. and not because of anything, you know, mm-hmm. other than holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's Trump's new proposed budget. That's a new $4.8 trillion budget. It's going to, it proposes immense social safety net program cuts and a huge increase. Well, I guess it's 0.3%, but an increase of military spending. Um, 0.3% of our current military budget is pretty huge. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, 0.3% of that large of a number is, right. a, is a large number. Totally. Yes. Um, yeah. Any, and the stuff that it's going towards, too, is just like he wants to earmark $2 billion to go to the border wall, for example. So yeah. you know the money's not going to go probably to places where even people in the military would want it to go. Well, he has to now create an entire bureaucratic uh, layer of Space Force because we Mm -hmm. have a Space Force. It's called the Air Force. They're doing everything the Space Force is going to do. And the Air Force has one Surgeon General. They have one military health system. They have one uh, uh, defense health system. They have the, you know, and there's so it's it's there already. Now, he wants to pull it apart into two things and create another silo of all of those bureaucratic mm-hmm. levels, uh, which is going to cost billions of dollars mm-hmm. yeah. to do the same job, just calling it Space Force. Yep. So he so, could just say he made it. So these kinds of things are included in that 0.3, 0.3 mm-hmm. uh, increase. But... The cuts to Medicare, mm-hmm. Medicaid. Yeah, it's $4.4 trillion cuts in government spending over a decade is what his target is. And that's largely centered around cutting those programs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this all came to be because this is with that huge tax cut he made where all of the revenue came out and went to the top, you know, to the rich people and corporations and farming. Uh, all of that money comes out uh, into corporate welfare and tax cuts. And then that gives them a reason to say, Look at our huge deficit. We have to cut somewhere. Mm-hmm. And that's how. And and this was predicted. Mm-hmm. We've been saying this, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's $130 billion um, in a huge ass slash to Medicare. It's like $292 billion from Medicaid and food stamps and $70 billion uh, lim- in limits to disability benefits. It's just literally all of the programs that help people who need help essentially yeah. and if you look at a pie chart most empowering language to say that so please don't read too much into that but you know what i mean yeah, yeah. And, i mean if you look at a pie chart of where the money goes that's a tiny little sliver of right uh, these entitlement programs mm-hmm. um he wants to cut the epa budget by 26 percent, <sighs> and department of housing and urban development's budget by 15 percent. oh no ben carson won't be able to buy a new door mm-hmm. and <laughs> <laughs> and then get this Center for Disease Control and Prevention cut by 9%. Oh, oh, during the coronavirus? Yep. And, you know, future global pandemics we're about to have because of our antibiotic-resistant bodies? Yep. Cool. And exactly. climate change? Love that. And anti-vaxxers? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Because exactly. of disinformation and micro-targeting? Yep. Don't, don't at me about the things I just said. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it's... Uh, the only the only silver lining in this is that this is basically just a look into what he would want if he could get his way, which he won't mm-hmm. because Congress has too many Democrats in it for that plan to get pushed through. So that won't happen. But yeah, it's his negotiation tactic. It always has been like mm-hmm. super high, super crazy. And then they bring it down and we're like, all right, we talked him down. But now these are still huge slashes. That's his way. Yeah, that's he- his art of the deal. He also just revealed that he's breaking a campaign promise he made, though. Um, the Rolling Stone is the article I was looking at. That they, they said that he he promised in 2016 he wasn't going to cut Medicare and Medicaid. Or Social Security. He I was just going to touch say it. that, mm-hmm. actually. I mean, mm-hmm. I was just going to say, it's not just Democrats who don't want to cut Medicare and Medicaid. There are a lot of Republicans who don't want to do this either. Mm-hmm. And in fact, there are a lot of Republican-controlled states where they are where Republican politicians are pushing to protect these things and expand upon them because even people who are perhaps very so very uh, socially conservative still want health care. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. a lot of Republican governors used the did the Medicaid expansion under yeah, the Affordable Care absolutely. Act. Absolutely, you know that would be cut, wouldn't? Mm-hmm. Especially this, if the Affordable Care Act went away. 
Mm-hmm. Wouldn't cuts to Medicaid and Medicare actually hurt Trump's chances at re-election, or is he just that arrogant? I don't know. It depends on, I mean, if you're getting donors from the RNC, or donors and donations and stuff from the RNC and people that want to see those cuts, people who don't have a vested interest in re-election, like if the re-election is ultimately determined by these massive amounts of money coming through mm-hmm. PACs, you have to please those people more so than you really even need to worry about pleasing the electorate as long right. as your popular vote can be within like, a, you know, a certain margin. Yeah. And really, if he just gets on the road and goes to his hate, hate rallies and says, uh, uh, the Democrats are going to cut Social Security and Medicaid, I won't. Mm-hmm. The Democrats are going to get rid of uh, your health care protections, I will not. Mm-hmm. And just repeat those lie. messages over and over again. Right. People will believe it. Mm-hmm. People will think the Democrats are the ones who want to cut Social Security. People will think... The Democrats are the one who, who ones who want to get rid of uh, protections for pre-existing conditions when we're actually literally the ones who created them. And he, he is literally the one who's fighting against those things in court like right now. Yeah. And then also one last thing that I just was thinking of, too, is this whole concept of politicians don't just stop after they leave Congress. Right. There was Ted Cruz and. AOC talking about coming together on some bill that would prevent people from being able to come back and keep lobbying and profiting off of this whole sort of corporate money Did you say complex. Ted Cruz and AOC? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. All yeah. Right. They want to yeah. limit, uh, they want to ban politicians from becoming lobbyists. Mm-hmm. And oh. my thought is at a certain point, as long as you get reelected, really, you just want to, again, keep those rich people happy and giving money to you and continuing to have that sort of sketchy relationship with them. It's the only reason the Republicans opposed Trump firing Gordon Sundland was because mm-hmm. he was a big donor to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So if they want to cut that stuff and to them, they just want to be able to say they're throwing money. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how those evil people fucking work. It's but hard to even imagine. Yes. It but is. I imagine that's ultimately the goal is to keep those people happy. Yes, 100%. You're right. That's you got to keep the money happy. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll be right back with the Department of Injustice and the latest Democratic poll results. Stick around. Hey, everybody. This portion of Daily Beans is brought to you by ShipStation. When you're selling online, getting your orders out can be a real pain. How do you keep track of who gets what? Which shipping carrier should you use? Are you getting the best rates? And that's why you need ShipStation.com. It's the fastest and easiest and most affordable way to manage and ship your orders. Just a few clicks and you'll be managing your orders, printing out labels, and getting your product out fast to keep your customers happy. ShipStation makes it easy. I recently started using ShipStation. I can highly recommend. Their experience has been overwhelmingly positive and I save so much money because I get to choose exactly how much postage I'm using. Their customer service is also stellar. That sets them apart. They help you get orders out quickly. You save money on shipping costs and keep your customers happy. So no matter where you're selling or what you're selling, whether you're on Amazon, Etsy, or your own website, ShipStation brings all your orders into one simple interface, making them really easy to manage from any device, even your cell phone. ShipStation works with all of the major carriers, including the Postal Service, FedEx, UPS, and even Amazon Fulfillment, so you can compare and choose the best shipping solution for you and your customers. They even offer big discounts on shipping costs, and now any business can access the same postage discounts that are usually reserved for larger Fortune 500 companies. You'll always know that you're getting the best deal. No wonder ShipStation is the number one choice of online sellers. You'll ship more in less time with the best rates available. And right now, Daily Beans listeners can try ShipStation for free for 60 days when you use offer code DAILYBEANS. There's absolutely no risk. I know we've got a lot of creators who listen to our show and you can start your free trial without even entering your credit card info. Just visit ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in Daily Beans. That's ShipStation.com, then offer code Daily Beans. ShipStation.com. Make ship happen. All right. Welcome back. Uh, So yesterday we reported that Rudy had a new direct line to Bill Barr to send him his Ukraine Biden disinformation. And today Bill Barr verified that to be the case. In a press conference, Barr said the Department of Justice is reviewing documents about Biden provided by Rudy. But here's the rub. You may have heard mainstream media saying this is all cool because Barr offered a bit of skepticism. But listen to Barr's quote carefully. Barr said, quote, The Department of Justice has the obligation to have an open door to anybody who wishes to provide us information they think is relevant. But we have to be careful with respect to any information coming from the Ukraine. Unquote. That does not sound like skepticism of Rudy. That sounds like skepticism of Ukraine. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'm a little pissed at the media for insinuating Barr is skeptical like it's a good thing here. His skepticism here is only meant to bolster Trump's bullshit claim that he cares about corruption in Ukraine and that Ukraine sucks at stuff. Mm. Um, (laughs) Like we can't take anything from them at face value. And we have to be skeptical of whatever comes in from Ukraine. Not Rudy. Rudy's Mm -hmm. totally on the up and up. But Ukraine. Ooh. Mm -hmm. And can you even, like, really rope in the people that are talking to Giuliani with Ukraine as a whole? No. They're kind of like the They're people... They're Kremlin-funded. Right. Mm. 
They're not, not in the spirit of Ukraine. <laughs> yeah, they're not in the spirit. That's exactly right. That's like saying Yanukovych. Uh, we can't trust Ukraine because of Yanukovych, mm-hmm. you know. But he was Putin-backed separatist mm-hmm. um, from the opposition bloc party. So mm-hmm. I think it was called that. Uh, if it's not, sorry. Um, we'll do a correction. You'll let me know. Um, and the Pentagon today is reporting that 109 service members have been diagnosed with traumatic brain injury now, up to 109, following the Iranian missile attack on our, our Iraq air bases in retaliation for Trump's airstrike against Qassam Soleimani. Mm-hmm. The Pentagon added that about 70% have returned to duty. Trump, of course, said there were no injuries. And then when these TBI cases started being reported, he downplayed the injuries, saying they were just headaches. That sparked a bunch of backlash from veterans and social media and military and veteran service organizations, they ridiculed the administration, and the veterans of foreign war, veterans of foreign wars, even demanded an apology, which hasn't happened and is likely not to. <laughs> could you imagine? No, I, 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 yeah, could you, he would never apologize for something. I can't like even that. apologize in his voice. I want to apologize. It just doesn't work. <laughs> no, there's. I, I can't imagine him saying something sincere about a fuck up he made. I'm no. really. I'm. They're not headaches. I take. I can't. I can't. No, it won't come out in his voice. <laughs> So there's some quick information on traumatic brain injury. The most common form of TBI in the military is mild TBI, which is what these 109 uh, active duty military members have suffered from, according to the Defense and Veterans Brain Injury Center. The Centers for Disease Control, which will be defunded by 9% if Trump's budget goes through, defines TBI as a disruption in the normal function of the brain, typically caused by a bump, blow, or jolt to the head. And most of these soldiers or active duty service members that um, suffered from uh, mild traumatic brain injury the shock waves from the rockets, mm. uh, they were, the bunkers that they were in didn't protect them from it. Uh, one of the most common forms of TBI is concussion. That's a mild TBI. Mm-hmm. So if everyone's like, oh, you have a concussion, you can, that's mild mm-hmm. traumatic brain injury. So Away hopefully from, that's just mostly what they have and they can recover from it. Hopefully. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, symptoms take a long time to manifest, so there could be more cases coming. Yeah. Uh, away from the military, they're typically seen in car accidents when a person's head hits the windshield. They're also frequently occurring in sports uh, after a football player tackles an opposing player, perhaps leading with the helmet, for example. Uh, in 2014 alone, almost 3 million TBI-related emergency room visits happened. Hospitalizations and deaths were reported in the U.S., according to the CDC. More than 830,000 occurred among children. The total number uh, increased 53% from 2006, the CDC said, indicating brain injuries are on the rise quite mm. significantly. That's interesting. And that's um, already taking into account the rise in population and stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would assume so. They can also be caused by severe shaking, which moves the brain inside the skull. That can happen when, using the car accident example, head jolts from impact, but that you don't actually collide with anything. These types of injuries can range from mild to severe. Symptoms include headaches, dizziness, and confusion. For the mild, uh, moderate brain injuries uh, can include severe headaches, lack of coordination, slurred speech, and seizures. And very severe cases can result in death. There were 56,800 TBI-related deaths in the United States in 2014, according to the CDC. Speaking of the CDC, the death toll globally for the coronavirus has topped 1,000, which is more than the SARS outbreak killed in 2003. We've surpassed SARS. However, please note that tens of thousands of people die every year from the flu, and you need to get vaccinated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the vaccine won't make you sick. If you get sick after the flu vaccine, it's a coincidence. It's science. You especially need to vaccinate yourself if you're around folks who can't get vaccinated, like babies, the elderly, and folks with immune deficiencies. Mm-hmm. This has been a public service announcement. <laughs> Brought to you by me. Um, In other news, uh, a new Quinnipiac poll puts Bernie in the top spot nationwide, 25%. Biden is at 17 in second place. That's Hmm. quite a lead. Yeah. Bloomberg's at 15. What the hell? And Warren is at 14. Buttigieg is at 10. Klobuchar's at 4. Bloomberg, huh? No other candidate broke 2%. Why is Bloomberg at 15? He spent spent $150 million, billion, a lot of money. Million, million. Yeah. In head-to-head matchups in the Quinnipiac poll against Trump, Bloomberg is top of the list. Wow. Okay, sorry. I need to amend something based on what I said yesterday. I don't mean to make disgusting sounds at Bloomberg's name. I'm just very surprised. Oh, understood. (laughs) Yes, thank you. Okay, sorry. All right. No, no, no worries. No. (laughs) And, you know, hey, if you want to go, that's me. Hey, Hey, we have our opinions. I'm trying to not be too negatively opinionated. Ah, I think a little uh, is warranted here and there. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Head-to-head matchups against Trump. You're welcome. You no. <laughs> um, Bloomberg tops fifty-one to forty-two. Um, Sanders number two. He comes in at fifty-one to forty-three. Hmm. So apparently Trump will get a little bit more mm-hmm. vote if Sanders is running. 
Mm. Uh, Biden beats Trump 50 to 43. Klobuchar defeats him 49 to 43. Warren wins narrowly over Trump 48 to 44. Interesting. Buttigieg also slightly ahead 47 to 43. I don't know if I would use narrowly Mm. for 48 to 44 unless there's a 3% Mm -hmm. uh, margin of error. Hmm. So that's surprising to me. Well, and here's here's the explanation that I'm seeing. It's, it, it appears Bloomberg is eating into Biden's numbers. Uh, and I will say he's running some pretty amazing ads right now. If you've seen him on social media against Trump, mm-hmm. um, ha- he has spent $150 million in advertising. That's twice what Steyer has spent, like 30 times what Biden has spent. So Bloomberg, Bloomberg is picking off Biden supporters, particularly black voters. Check this out. Biden went from 49 to 27 percent support among black voters, mm-hmm. while Bloomberg went from 7% support to 22% wow. in this last poll. The next debate is February 19th in Nevada. Nevada? No. Mm-hmm. Somebody, I, if I say Nevada, I'll get corrections for Nevada. If I say Nevada, I'll get corrections for Nevada. So Las Vegas. I grew up there and everyone said Nevada, but who knows? Maybe all of us were living a lie. The state of Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we're all living a lie. Um, if they all say Nevada, I'll say Nevada. And Bloomberg is closer to qualifying huh. for that debate stage based on this poll, this Quinnipiac poll. So far, the only qualifiers are Biden, Buttigieg, Sanders, Warren, and Klobuchar. Hmm. Steyer has not yet. Hmm. qualified the debate is just nine days away hmm. and Buttigieg and Sanders are formally calling for at least a partial re-canvas in Iowa mm-hmm. uh, of precincts they think were calculated incorrectly as we are just hours away from New Hampshire starting to cast their votes yeah it'll happen today if you're listening on Tuesday yes mm-hmm. and uh, a new Emerson College poll is out for New Hampshire putting Bernie ahead at 30 percent Buttigieg in second place with 23 Klobuchar jumps into third place hmm with 14, and Warren has 11, and Biden is in fifth place with 10%. Meanwhile, the Suffolk poll for New Hampshire, Bernie is at first with 27, Buttigieg 19, Klobuchar in third again with 14, and Warren and Biden are tied at 12. Mm -hmm. Damn. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. Klobuchar is. She is, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Going to number one with a bullet. I will say this. Um, People are talking a lot about, um, you know, oh, Pete Buttigieg has no support with people of color and who are people of color going to support if Biden is not the nominee. But like Bernie's number two with um, black people and number one with Latino people. Mm -hmm. Mm. So just as some polls that I've seen this week. Um, But Klobuchar is doing really well and her poll numbers are really rising, which is impressive. I'm curious to see what happens after New Hampshire and we get to more diverse states. Yeah, I would never think that Klobuchar was going to pass up Warren. Well, she did. She did well. She did. Iowa, and mm-hmm. then she had a great night, I think, at the debate on mm-hmm. Friday. Um, and she's a more moderate candidate, exactly. which I think is what Iowa and New Hampshire are after. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I think she jumped into third in the yeah. Iowa in the mm-hmm. New Hampshire polls. Yeah. But in the um, in the national polls, she's still number four. She's okay. still only at four uh, percent. Bernie, Biden, Bloomberg, Buttigieg, Klobuchar. She's number five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's very impressive. I mean, she she has her campaign is impressive is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. It has surprised me and she has done better than I expected. And she's very well loved as the mm-hmm. the moderate wing of the party. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, good for her. She's lovable. Totally. Uh, we'll be right back with the good news. We have some really awesome good news. So stick around. Hey, everybody, this Helping of Daily Beans is brought to you by Laurel Springs. Parents always want to encourage their children to pursue their dreams and provide opportunities that give them the best chance to succeed. Sometimes that means optimizing their routine, making it more flexible, more dynamic, so they have more time to focus on the things they love. That's why there's Laurel Springs. Laurel Springs is an accredited online private school for students in kindergarten through 12th grade. Laurel Springs recognizes that each child is a unique individual with their own personal interests, special talents, and unique learning style. Their flexible learning programs offer challenging and diverse elective courses and Laurel Springs is accredited by the Western Association of Schools and Colleges and Advance Ed, which means their transcripts are recognized by colleges and universities worldwide. Um, I love the flexibility of Laurel Springs. I love their online program. It's designed for students who wish to grow and excel academically and personally while maintaining a flexible schedule. Their personalized approach is competency-based and asynchronous, meaning students have the opportunity to progress through the material at a pace that honors their individual skills and knowledge. This approach also allows students to adapt their schedules to accommodate outside interests. 
They also offer rolling enrollment, which allows students to begin work at any time of the year. I think Oral Springs improves the academic experience of the modern student with this flexible approach to find the best way to prepare them for success. Register your child at laurelsprings.com slash dailybeans today and receive a waived registration fee. That's laurelsprings.com slash dailybeans for your waived registration fee. laurelsprings.com slash dailybeans. All right, welcome back. It is time for good news from the Washington Post. For the first time ever, the editors-in-chief of the top 16 law school's journals are all women. Ruth Bader Ginsburg addressed the current slate of editors during a gathering to mark the 100th anniversary of the ratification of the 19th Amendment, saying, quote, it's such a contrast to the ancient days when I was in law school. <laughs> in fact, a woman didn't become an editor of a law review until she was 10 years, until 10 years after uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg was in law school. Wow. She says, there really is no better time for women to enter the legal profession. This, that includes, so this, this list of 16 um, law reviews, law journals, includes Harvard, Yale, Stanford, Georgetown, Columbia, and Duke, and then 11 others of the top law schools. Nice. All 16 women. The editors-in-chief collaborated for the first time to publish a women in law journal with a series of essays from prominent female lawyers. In recent years, the number of women enrolling in law school has exceeded the number of men, but women make up less than a quarter of law firm equity partners, a quarter of tenured and tenure-track law professors, and about a third of all active federal district and appeals court judges. Only four women have ever served on the Supreme Court, and three of them are sitting now at the same time. Wow. I love that. Yeah, that's a really cool rundown. Yeah. 16, all 16 of the top 16 law reviews and journals. Wow. Smart. Editors-in-chief are women. Chicks are smart. Woo! Amplify those voices. How many times have I told you never call broads chicks? <laughs> all right. <laughs> that's awesome. UHF quote. It is. I love that. And I, I loved uh, the, how women were featured. Mm -hmm. Well, not featured, but celebrated mm -hmm. at the Oscars last night, too. Yeah, that was great. It was awesome. Except for not getting nominated. That's what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I will say this, though. Um, I love Natalie Portman's cape with all of the, yeah, the deal. So that was female great. directors yeah. on it. Yeah. That was great. However, she's only worked with two female directors in her 30-year career. So walk the walk, Natalie Portman. <laughs> Does she have a choice, though? No, I know. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> it's like... like uh, I was having a discussion online the other day, too, because a lot of people were given a friend of ours a hard time because they got a book published with the same publisher that published Roger Stone's book. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, look, if somebody offered me a TV show and one of the executive producers uh, gave money to Matt Gates mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. the 90s, right. yeah. am I going to turn down the TV no, show? because, uh, Or a better example... Because this actually happened to me in real life. I was offered a show on the main stage, the Comedy Store, uh, which is a big deal if you're a comedian yeah. in, in Hollywood. That's a big show. And it's mm -hmm. a, it was a Saturday night, 1030 show, sold out show. But Jeremy Piven was the headliner. He's been me too. And people were like, you're going to do a show with him. How can you support him? And I'm like, no, 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 no. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do a show despite him. I'm, gonna, I'm not yeah. going to allow him being on the show to mm -hmm. steal this opportunity away from me because he's did what he did. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of like to think of it that way sometimes, but slight tangent. Also, I, I wasn't here yesterday. Did you guys talk about Elizabeth Warren being talked over at the debates? No, because I kind of felt like she was that. this time around. She uh, had one of the lower amount of talking times. Yeah. Mm -hmm. of I felt like she candidates. was talked over a lot. This last debate, like to the point where I noticed it more than other debates. And I was like, you know what? Just because she's not like necessarily a front runner at this moment doesn't mean she doesn't deserve a chance to, say shit absolutely i'm very I frustrated surprised to see that she's not considered a front runner right now i was not expecting this yeah me neither no. and i think the problem is is the moderators knew this for ratings mm -hmm. purposes that she's not she's staying above the fray with all the attacks right now that's sort of her thing and mm -hmm. when they found out she wasn't really going to attack anybody else on stage they gave more talking time to people who were more prone to attack other people on right. the stage and that makes mm -hmm. me sad yeah. yeah me too in other good news the obama's production company won an oscar last night for their documentary american factory very cool. Ooh. Of note, Trump does not have an Oscar or a Grammy <laughs> or a Nobel Peace Prize. The Obamas have all three. Oh, yes, Obamas. I'm just going to keep adding to this award list. Also, Parasite swept. Mm -hmm. Hell yeah. They did so well. So many awards. Taika, yeah. Taika Waititi is the first indigenous person to win an Oscar. Yeah. That's Isn't that really awesome? Cool. He's Maori. Ma Maori? Maori. Yeah, I think. Someone's going to correct me on that pronunciation of that. He had such a funny post oscars interview they have like if you look on youtube they do like a press conference sort of with all these people and taika waititi is such a fucking weirdo and he's so him. yeah it's so good he's yeah, which one really of you good. talked about jojo rabbit 
Have you seen it? I yeah, it's, yeah. yeah have it's you amazing. seen it, Paige? No, it's so good. Mm. Yeah, I the, um I saw nineteen seventeen. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I thought I it won what it should have won: cinematography, uh huh, and mm-hmm. sound editing and mixing. I thought they were all beautiful. Mm-hmm. And then I'm glad that the woman who composed the music for the Joker won. Mm-hmm. Um. She's an um, uh, incredible composer, so yeah. that was nice to see her win that. Yeah, they had the first ever woman con- orchestra conductor in the pit. Mm-hmm. Um, Baby steps, Hollywood, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, they didn't. They hardly nominated super any liberal women or Hollywood. black people. Yeah, yeah, and that's like something because people knock on the Oscars sometimes because they think that they sort of give society like what society wants or something, as if that's a bad thing. That's really just like a weird way of saying inclusivity kind of (laughs) but it seems like this year that element they were not focused on that element which is interesting in a uh, yeah it's interesting i don't know enough about that nomination process and how that all works but that's how it seems but parasite Parasite, though yeah parasite winning is amazing because that was like in no way would that normally ever happen yeah and it was like hands down so agreed upon by every single person that's great yeah uh, my favorite dressed were Sandra O. Oh. oh my God. And Janelle Monet. Oh my God. Yes. I, I completely agree with you. Yep. Yep. Totally agree. Oh, they both looked amazing. I know. Goddesses. You okay. gotta watch Killing Eve, speaking of Sandra O, oh, if you haven't. Yeah, I've been meaning to. God, it's so good. It's really good. Mm-hmm. Highly recommend. Okay. And if, yeah, I'll just, because maybe I did a podcast about it. I would, I'd have time to watch <laughs> I'm like, I'll get right on that. I have no free time. <laughs> um, I really want to, though. I need to start carving out more time like for, for things that are not politically based. Badass female content. And, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, I've heard it's amazing. Oh, God. And Jodie Comer, the actress who plays Sandra O's, um, you know, the other main actress in the show. She's fucking amazing. Yeah. Anyway. That's very so good. great. Mm-hmm. I do need to see that. I need to I need to start carving time out for nice stuff like that mm-hmm. and in arizona polling shows that retired astronaut and husband of gabby giffords democrat mark kelly is overtaking martha mcsally in the polls that's cool um yes. let's turn arizona blue this year i met him kiss um, mcsally goodbye i met him uh at lesbians who tech in san francisco in 2018 mm-hmm. i was there for a tech conference and they were giving a whole talk on like there were some keynote speakers and he's just awesome he's, yeah he's he's a really amazing person so warm and so and honestly, what an amazing husband! Super you know? genuine. Yeah, yeah. He he he's he's been through thick and thin, right? Mm-hmm. Seriously. And are you ready for a little Schadenfreude? Yes. Schadenfreude. I saved the best for last. This just in: prosecutors have filed their sentencing recommendations for Roger Stone ahead of his February twentieth sentencing hearing. They're recommending seven to nine years. Ooh. In the filing, prosecutors asked for four to five years with an eight-point upward variance because he's a giant piece of shit. <laughs> uh, his physical threats to others and people's dogs uh, when he <laughs> when, you know he was eventually convic- uh, convicted for obstructing justice. Um, the new bar lackey, Tim Shea, signed off on this, though sources inside Maine Justice say there was some quibbling, some differences of opinion. Uh, but it appears that the Mueller prosecutors got their way and Stone could get up to nine years in federal prison. That would be beautiful. Fuck. Yeah, that's like the most just that's the closest to justice we've gotten from any of these Mueller convictions. Yeah, I'm going to say like six months. You think he'll get six months? I don't know. I don't see him going to jail for more than like a year. That's Amy Berman Jackson. Yeah. She's read all the redacted parts. Mm -hmm. She knows what Stone's done. She can take that into account when she's sentencing him. Yeah. It just Mm. seems like they're going so easy on these people. Yeah. yeah, uh, We'll see, though, right? Mm -hmm. But they're recommending seven to nine. Yeah. So thanks, Van Grack. Mm -hmm. I appreciate you. That is our show. Um, and I just wanted to do a quick apology to Amanda mm. because I got some feedback from some folks that aren't you who <laughs> said that maybe I was rude when I t- asked you for a source um, for oh. the... Um, oh, the Buddha Judge the, comment? Yeah, Buddha Judge comment. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I wanted to, you know, if that was at all rude or anything, I just wanted to no, apologize and, I... and say I did not mean for it to be rude. I simply meant like... Cite your sources. Totally. Kind of like how a professor would do. Yeah. Quite frankly, I like myself found myself thinking, I wish I had come more prepared before I made that comment. So it's it's chill. And I learned that mm-hmm. there was a very credible source behind that cool. and that we needed to do more research on it. Yeah. And I thought we ended that discussion pretty well, but somebody seemed pretty upset that I was, they very uh, came to your defense. Mm-hmm. So if there's anything wrong with that, sorry, 
Um, uh, we but got strong opinions up in here. We do, and I don't. I still, I don't want to discourage anybody from asking for sources, mm-hmm. especially in the wake of Jordan's disinformation reporting from the Atlantic. <laughs> um, uh, I think it's good that we can have those discussions. So mm-hmm. I just wanted to make sure that I said that. So that's my final thought. Do you guys have anything? Yay, friends. um yeah you came back i i will say this it's it's funny i as we're getting further down the road with with this primary i've seen my own personal social media get like you know nastier and i just like i really want everyone to like take a moment and take a breath have a little kumbaya moment Mm -hmm. and just remember to vote blue no matter who Mm -hmm. (laughs) just you know everybody and and a good general lesson you'll catch more flies with honey if you really are a supporter of a specific candidate and you want other people particularly democrats yeah people who are of your own ilk at least mostly yeah yeah to come onto your train whatever it is um if if you're nice yeah um if you don't try to publicly humiliate them or call them names Mm -hmm. uh you're going to change more hearts and minds with kindness i have a new mantra in my head now and i and i i am not by any means perfect at this but this Mm -hmm. is going to be my new thing in my head is about is what i'm about to say something michelle obama would say (laughs) (laughs) yeah fair wwm it's almost an impossible standard but that's a good one I, to shoot for. I think she's a, tough. She's gritty, know, but she has grace. Amazing. You know, she's got grace, everything, and and, and, and mm-hmm. kindness. And I and I, she's I Miss United I, States. <laughs> she's Miss United States. <laughs> we want to watch Miss Congeniality. Yes, yes. Let's do it. Yes, I love that. <laughs> I April twenty fifth. <laughs> I think we're all fatigued and exhausted, and we all want what we want so strongly, and we're all really emotional and. Yeah, I've just experienced like a couple of interactions with people recently when what and what I thought were really light conversations turning you know, somewhat nasty really quickly or people thinking that I felt a certain way about a certain candidate because I put my support behind them or like that I support negative things or whatever. And I'm just like, y'all, no, we're all, we all want what we want, but we should try to, you know, heal and go towards the general. Yeah. Like I posted that thing about what Andrew Yang said Mm -hmm. uh, during the debates. All I said is Andrew Yang said, uh, he doesn't want to go after Trump. He wants the country to move forward and he doesn't think Americans care. I just posted that Mm -hmm. and I got a lot of like uh, people who were like, how come you didn't mention any of the female candidates? And I was like, there are literally like 16 other tweets about all the other candidates through the debate. I couldn't put I can't mention every single candidate in every single tweet, Uh, you know, and you just get a lot of, you know. And, it, and it's not so much like if somebody was really, truly trying to help you, I feel like they would send you a private message and say, hey, I just noticed that, you know, mm-hmm. you didn't mention this or you didn't mention that. They wouldn't yeah. publicly come out and say, you, you know, whatever it is like, hey, you know what it is? We're assuming the worst of each other. It is like we 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 are in our little own corners. And it's not just like Republican versus Democrat. It's various wings of, you know, Democrats and, and leftist people. Oh, there's like nine factions of Democrats. Yeah, right there's now. like nine. You know, exactly. And <laughs> everyone and we're getting, you know, we're into the primary love season now and it's getting stressful. And I and I feel like what we have to do going forward as we start to figure out who the nominee might be and as things get cattier is just not assume the worst of each other. Benefit mm-hmm. of the doubt, right? Yeah. <laughs> You'll find out the truth if you just ask some nice questions. Yeah. Yeah, don't assume the worst of each other. I, I wish it were that easy. I know. I know. <laughs> I and a lot of people are like, it's time to get tough. We have to get I tough. Know. We have to hit back. And I'm like, I'm not talking about Trump supporters. You can fuck with them all day. I'm... All day. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about us. Yeah, exactly. I'm just trying to inject a little kumbaya energy into the universe. I appreciate that. <laughs> I do appreciate that because it's getting hard to exist on social media. On the internet, yeah. Yeah, I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it at <laughs> all, sir. Everyone be nice to each other. I don't like it. <laughs> My Twitter scrolling now is I read like one word and make a call and if I want to finish the tweet and I just keep scrolling. Because <laughs> I don't want to flood my brain with all this freaking bitching. Yeah. It's a lot. And I understand you're passionate about your candidates, everybody. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, we all are too. Um, it, But yeah, like. I also say that facetiously i know it's more than bitching. and argue on policy it's, don't assume the word it's fine exactly. to argue on policy. yeah when i say yeah. yeah when i say bitching i'm talking about stuff that's outside yeah, of yeah, policy yeah. comments like, yeah argue on policy but don't assume the worst of the person that you are talking to mm-hmm. yeah or if you don't like my candidate don't call me names right 
right? Yeah. Yeah, T- no. Tell me why I shouldn't like that candidate. Tell me why I should vote for your candidate. Yeah. Or tell, yeah, even better. Do that. Well, yeah. Whatever it is. Totally. Like, make it constructive. Mm-hmm. It's clear when you're out to just publicly humiliate somebody or be a dick or get mm-hmm. a zinger in or have a mic drop or whatever exactly. the fuck. No, I, I don't have time for that shit. I will block you. Yeah. <laughs> even, and quite frankly, I'm saying this even as like people who also support my candidate. I'm like, get it together, y'all. Don't fucking do that shit. You know? Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's all I'm and, and every, you know, I, 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 there's people on both sides. No. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. All right. My final thought. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that. A kindness. Kindness. And I'm, I'm actually working on shirts. Um, what is it? Kindness. I sent it to, um, kindness is punk AF. Hell yeah. That's going to be mm-hmm. our new shirt. I'll put a little beans lady on it or something nice. to make it. And she's like, kindness is punk <laughs> AF. She has a mohawk. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> Anything? Fun. No, I got nothing. Good. All right. Well, yeah. everyone, please, please, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Take care of your mental health. I promise to try to do the same. I've been AG. I've been Jordan Coburn. I've been Amanda Reader. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is executive produced and directed by AG and Jordan Coburn and engineered and edited by Mackenzie Mazell and Starburns Industries. Our marketing manager, executive assistant, production and social media direction is Amanda Reader. Fact checking and research by AG, Jordan Coburn, and Amanda Reader. Our music is written and performed by They Might Be Giants. Our web design and branding are by Joel Reader with Moxie Design Studios. And our website is dailybeanspod.com.